Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. of wisdom, the Jesus and Paula show. I am Assistant Chief Prophet Angela Powers, and I actually am coming to you today in the place of Apostle Ashley. Do you guys miss her already? Go ahead, send up some hearts, put some comments, let her know, say, Apostle Ashley, we miss you, you know, and let her know uh, that you're so used to seeing her face and seeing her smile and seeing her beautiful new creation spirit and personality pouring forth to you each Thursday. So today I'm a substitute. Hopefully I'll be able to meet the bar of what it is that you're used to coming in on uh, each week. We have some exciting news for you. The reason why I am in her position today is because our very own Chief Apostle, Dr. Paula A. Price, renowned author of the Prophet's Dictionary, is in our nation's capital right now. That's right. Yes, right now she is in our nation's capital because she received a very special invitation only uh, invite to an event today in the special uh, National Day of Prayer holiday. She received an invitation only guest invitation to the Museum of the Bible's inaugural Africa lecture. They're having an inaugural Africa lecture. And Dr. Price's name was on a limited list of invitation-only guests for this event, where the keynote speaker today is the president of Ghana. The president of Ghana is the keynote speaker for this inaugural Africa lecture. So come on, everybody. I mean, who better, right, to be a part of something this monumental concerning the legacy of the Canada of scripture in the earth than the theologian like none other, the apostle like none other, Dr. Paula A. Price. So you come on, send up some hearts even as I'm saying that so that she'll see how excited you are about this opportunity. Also, prayer hands. Will you pray for our chief apostle and for the team as they are in our nation's capital at this time, put some prayer hands in the comments and let our chief apostle know that you are praying for her, that you are calling out her name, that you are asking God to do great things, that you are asking for effectual doors and opportunities as she stands in our nation's capital, warring and advancing so many of the things that we've heard her guiding us through over these past this past year, right? it comes to the nation of uh, the wisdom rather than our nation so desperately needs so woo! 
we send out the shouts, we send out the prayers, we send out the love to you, our chief apostle, Dr. Paula A. Price. Now, also, guess what? I've got another exciting announcement for you. While our chief apostle has been in the nation's capital on Wednesday, she was interviewed by Newsmax, the, the major station, Newsmax, about the National Day of Prayer and about the subject of abortion. So that was another major interview opportunity for Dr. Price. Look out for more information coming down the pike from us about where you can go and where you can view that particular interview and continue to hear that wisdom that she's just seasoning like salt in every place that God establishes for her to open her mouth. Amen. So we're really excited about that and we look forward to being able to share that with you all and let you know where you can view it. Now, also, we had, if you recall us speaking about it last week, we had a community day here at the Congregation of the Mighty Ecclesial Embassy on last Saturday, and God drew in people from all over our city to come and to participate and to purchase. It was a success, and we still have more things. So guess what? Round two, this Saturday, May the 7th, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., we will be doing round two of Community Day. So come on, we want you all to come on out if you're local, if you're in the general uh, Oklahoma vicinity. We want you to come on out and look at some of the many things, the many arrangements of things that we have, options of things that you might want to purchase or shop. Come on, Mother's Day is coming up. We've got jewelry. We've got clothes. You want, might want to come and get a gift there for your mother. You might want to bring your mother or your auntie or your grandma or your sisters on out with you and have a nice day. Come on, you can come if you're a morning person. You can Come shop in the morning and then go somewhere and have a nice little brunch. If you're an afternoon person, you can sleep in. You can uh, come and shop and then go out and have lunch together. Or even if you want to Zoom in here right before you go out to a nice dinner with one another on Saturday evening. But we want you to come on out. Also, if you're local and you say, hey, I've got some things that I want to give away, that I want to contribute to what you're doing and make available as a part of your sales, then we want to invite you to drop off your items today or tomorrow, Friday, here at the Congregation of the Mighty Ecclesial Embassy. Our administrators and receptionists will gladly take your items as long as they are uh, nice in, in nice condition, uh, that they are clean, that they do not have animal hair, pet hair, right, things of that sort, anything that you've got for us that hanging there in that closet or sitting in that box in the basement or in the garage or whatever the situation may be. We'd love to have it and have you contribute to what we're doing as we bless lives and as we touch our community here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. All right? So the details are on the flyer that's showing to you on the screen, and you can get more information there. 
Well, we've got another quick promo for you. Here's something else that you might like to buy. Do you remember Dr. Price exploding the room as she clarified that this ain't that? (laughs) We'll take a look at this promo. All right, so we want you to get your own version of this T-shirt, This Ain't That, and begin to use it to educate and to have a conversation piece and a conversation starter at your uh, tables, at your lunches, in the places where you move and interact with people. What a way to get conversation going about a lot of things that are unfolding in our nation and to be able to to release, you know, the mindset that, that we, we should really begin to have as God's people. Okay, are we ready for caption this, Rachel? All right, and if you're watching today, there's a picture now coming up on the screen. We've got some of our beloved Congregation of the Mighty members. We've got Miss Janice Pond, and we've got our own prophet in training, Rachel Purifoy, in this picture coming from our 10 days of prayer, and we want you to caption this. Go ahead and say in the comments, and then later when you see the picture, you can also comment. Comment on the picture in the feed. What is your caption for this photo? There's always something exciting going on here at the embassy. And the embassy is filled with characters. (laughs) The embassy is filled with people with a range of skills and personalities. They're filled with people we can tell jokes around here. We can sing around here. We can act around here. And if you let Kyrie tell you, we can dance around here a little bit too. So when you see these pictures, you are seeing the life of the amazing people that God is gathering to this embassy and to this commission. So what is this picture saying to you? What are the captions saying to you? I don't know, Rachel, did you want to tell me some of the responses that you're seeing there? Power from Prophet C.T. Oh, power, okay. Victoria said, if I touch the hem of his garment. Oh, come on now. If I can but touch the hem of his garment. All right. Very good. All right, you guys. That is so awesome. Well, listen, we want to talk a little bit this week and do a bit of a recap on some of the things that Dr. Price walked us through. As you know, we are preparing for our Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, and Dr. Price said leading up to our training institute that she would be doing prophecy clinic with us every week. We're going to be continuing that prophecy clinic theme today. So come on, you want to share, share, share. You want to engage. You want to invite people in on what we're going to be discussing today. But before we dive into today, let's look at some of the powerful things that Dr. Price walked us through last week. First of all, 
When we consider prophecy clinic, we understand that as prophets in this era, as prophets in this generation, we are preparing and we must prepare for these things that are unfolding. We are to be the answers. We are to be the solutionists. We are to be the agents that God can move through in this time. We've heard Dr. Price reiterate the Amos 3 principle to us, that surely the Lord God doeth nothing except he reveal it or does it through his servants, the prophets, right? We've heard her emphasize that. And so even in our time, that's not something that's gone away. That's not something that's closed down. That's not something that's been switched out for something else. But even now, the Lord does nothing except he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. But prophets, how prepared are you for what it is that the Lord is revealing? How prepared are you for what needs to be done in our nations, in our governments, in our education systems, in our economy, in our, in our uh, domestic spheres, in our religious mountains and spheres? How prepared are you to be God's doers? And so Dr. Price has led us into this prophecy clinic so that we can begin to see what actually goes into us being prepared as the prophets of the living God to be his doers. What goes into God being able to reveal his wisdom and reveal his self and reveal his plans and you actually be able to understand and interpret what it is that he is revealing, right? So she's been talking to us about wisdom. Because the ability to ask and answer these questions come from the root and the spirit of wisdom. So she told us, according to Luke 11 and 49, that wisdom sends apostles and prophets. We cannot forget that it is wisdom, that wisdom is the sending agency of apostles and prophets. And by virtue of that, it distinguishes the prophet's ministry. It distinguishes the prophet's duties. It distinguishes the prophet's responsibilities. It distinguishes the prophet's identity, and it distinguishes the prophet's spirit, who the prophet is, how the prophet operates, what the prophet does is defined by that thumbprint, by that fingerprint of the wisdom of the almighty God that is sending them. So she's been saying to us that it is imperative that we desire wisdom. It is imperative that we ask God for wisdom. It is imperative that we know the principal force that is our sending agent, and it is imperative that we embody wisdom. The book of James said to us, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask it from the Father, ask it from above, and he said that God would give it liberally and that he would upbraid it not. If, there is, if there's been any other time in history where we have needed to cry out for wisdom and then to be able to receive process and execute the wisdom that we ask for, it is now. We are dealing with, as she has also been speaking to us, the wisdom of the serpent. The wisdom of the serpent is intensifying in our time 
and it is dialing up. It's dialing up its sophistication. It's dialing up its strategies. It's dialing up its maneuvers. It's dialing up its campaign to pull as many souls in as possible. But Scripture said what? He that winneth souls is wise. As prophets, we should be able to speak for God in such a way that we draw in souls and that we draw in masses to want to be a part of what God's prevailing and superior wisdom, superseding wisdom, would want to do and establish in our world and in our daily lives, right? We understand that wisdom is about life. That's what she also began to speak to us about in last week's Prophecy Clinic. She talked about us making sense to life and how wisdom helps us make sense to life. So even as prophets, this is a critical time where we must be able to connect heaven and earth. What she's been guiding us through is that what good is it if we're rattling off some ambiguous, amorphous revelation that no one can use, that no one can do anything with, that doesn't apply to our daily lives, that doesn't shift our lives that doesn't change the quality of our life. So prophets, historically, God set in key places of the creation, put them over nations, used them to speak to kings and governments and heads of state, used them even uh, to reset the priesthoods of the land because he was taking that wisdom that was so necessary and bringing it into the planet. If we're going to do what history's prophetic predecessors did, we've got to learn like they learned. We've got to study like they studied. We've got to go after and love wisdom the way that they did. She said to us that we don't like learning because we lack wisdom. Because scripture told us that wisdom enters the heart. And when wisdom enters the heart, then knowledge is sweet. Prophets, we have to ask ourselves, why is it that knowledge has become a bitter thing and that we're more into gimmicks, we're more into entertainment, we're more into smoke screens, we're more into shows, we're more into attempting to mimic the world and just simply replicate what the world is doing in the brand of Christ. Why is that? That is because uh, this of climate that we have been dealing with has caused learning to not be sweet to us. So when we begin to understand the imperative of wisdom, the imperative of what it is to be a wisdom agent, it will shift us. So God is calling us as his prophet into a shift, and he is calling us to begin to go after learning, learning of the scriptures, but also learning of the spheres, learning of the many bodies of knowledge that are part of what affects how people are living. How, when's the last time you pursued learning about government and how government should work and what its purpose is to humanity and its purpose in the planet? When is the last time you pursued learning on sciences to understand how the creation is built, how the material world works, what the laws of physics are? The prophets of Scripture were studiers and learners of the sciences. Think about Elijah with the baby prophet, and they were on a project together, working and building, and the baby prophet drops the axe head into the water and cries out to his chief prophet, cry 
superior and says, oh, I've dropped this uh, axe head and it was borrowed. Elijah's knowledge of the science of God's creation kicks in, and the Bible said that he causes the axe head to float so that the baby prophet can retrieve it. He didn't do that by bippity-boopity-bop. He did that because he understood God's creation. He did that because the learning of what it was to have to sit as a chief prophet was an imperative to him, was sweet to him, was something that he pursued, was something that he desired. How many of us as prophets can give an answer in practical ways to understanding how creation works in this time? We've got to go after that learning. What about education, constructing of the mind? The prophets were the teachers of Israel. Every time that God needed to reset the nation of Israel, Every time that he needed to reset the land and cause them to understand his laws, prophets were at the helm of that. When Israel was returning to their land after having been uh, taken off into Babylon, they returned into the land, and it was the prophets that stood and read the law and began to instruct the people in how they needed to resettle and live in their land again. And we could go on and on. Josiah was when he rises to his throne, he calls upon the prophets. They find the book of the law. He reads the book of the law, and then he has it read by the prophets to the entire nation of Israel so that they can understand what they are supposed to be doing. Now, when is the last time as a prophet that you pursued the knowledge and wisdom of education? How do you teach? How do you instruct? Look at the, the media. Look Look at the technology. Look at the shrewd ways in which the operatives of the kingdom of darkness are educating our populaces. That is our responsibility as the prophets of the living God. But in order to take on that shrewdness and to counteract and to overthrow what we're seeing, we must desire. Learning must be sweet to us. She told us, Dr. Price reminded us that God possessed wisdom before ever his works of old, before any of his other works, God possessed wisdom. That's a, that's a Selah moment, prophet, because now we see so many people that want to run out and possess followers. They want to run out and possess ministry. They want to run out and possess buildings before they possess wisdom. You possess a website, but you don't possess wisdom. You possess a business card but you don't possess the wisdom of the Almighty. You possess a tape series, but there's no wisdom in it. You understand what I'm saying? This world is hungry for wisdom. Even these people that do not know the Lord Jesus, that do not know if they want to know the Lord Jesus, one thing that is common across the souls of mankind is that hunger for wisdom, right? So as prophets, we've got to make the possession of wisdom our first priority. If it was the first priority of the sovereign, how much more should it be the first priority of his representative, of those that are called to represent him before mankind and to represent him in the planet? Dr. Price also said to us that wisdom predates the church, and that is why wisdom can dictate the church. Wisdom 
is what must sit at the helm of the body of Christ and of his church. That's why God said first apostles, second prophets, thirdly teachers, because he was putting at the helm, he was putting at the top, he was putting in the dictatorship of of its governance wisdom and his wisdom agents, those that he empowered, those that he equipped, those that he enabled, those that he verified, those that he credentialed to literally steer and guide the nation. Was that not what Moses was doing? When we see, think about him coming out of Egypt with the children of Israel, he began to have to sit and do what? Deal with their life, answer their questions, sort through their conflicts, assess, analyze, judge, determine, establish righteousness, apply the law. He received the law on the mountain, on a burning, fiery mount in the presence of God. But as he labored with the people, now he had to apply it. And he had to begin to keep reaching up to God and seeking to God for now how does this fit in this particular circumstance? He was dictating the order of the nation. He was dictating the daily life, the daily existence of the people. And that prototype carries over into the church today. So we can't, we have no, um, nothing that licenses us to unseat wisdom from this position in God's church. We have seen ourselves go after another order. We have seen ourselves put the feet on the head, on the shoulder, on the neck and then wonder why we don't really know what way we're going, wonder why we don't actually have a true vision and a true insight as to what should be executed, wonder why that we're not really discerning, smelling out what is unfolding in the various circumstances, wondering why we are so scattered in what we're hearing, in the voices and the frequencies that we are representing as being Jesus Christ, because at some point, when we unseated wisdom, when we unseated God's apostles and God's prophets, and we put, as Dr. Price has been teaching us, pastors at the helm and the evangelical impetus at the helm of our motivations and our objectives, Wisdom was no longer in the seat that God had ordained for it. But what did she say to us last week? She said, wisdom is the principal thing. That's the Bible. Wisdom is the principal thing. And she emphasized not P-R-I-N-C-I-P-L-E, but P-R-I-N-C-I-P-A-L, the principal, like the head of the school. Wisdom is the principle. Wisdom is the head of the school. Wisdom is the head of the entity. Wisdom is the head of the organization, directing and overseeing, governing, and helping to administrate, to dictate the administration of the affairs, right? So we are in an era and a time where God is going after what has unseated wisdom, and he is making it our principal thing again, which means what? She said to us that some of us are so fascinated with the idea that God can speak to a human that we have forgotten to test and we don't care what to test whether it is God that is speaking. As wisdom takes the principal seat again, as prophets take on the role that was ordained, 
continuum that is established in the continuum of scripture that has blueprint after blueprint after blueprint to fortify and ratify their purposes, then we're going to get back to not just being enamored with someone being able to say, well, I hear the Lord saying, well, the, the, the Lord is calling for Judith Joe to come to the front. Well, I hear the Lord saying social security number 123ABCDEFG uh, and all of these shenanigans that we've gotten into. But this wisdom coming back is now going to make us as the church begin to filter again for the actual voice of God. Scripture said, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow, right? So God is unseating the strange prophets. God is unseating the pedophilic prophets. God is unseating the abusive and manipulative prophets. God is unseating the Baalistic and Balaamistic and occultic prophets so that the sheep can know the voice of God and know what it is that they are to do in the lands and in the nations and in the earth again. So that's a powerful thing because that means we're going to stop running the social media and just jumping into every broadcast for whatever someone is spewing in the name of the Lord and just looking for something that affirms, something that comforts our flesh, our mortal desires, right? But we're going to be listening for wisdom. We're going to be listening for the mind of God. And that's why many of you, come to this broadcast every single week to connect with this chief apostle because the fountainhead of wisdom is going forth from this place because the wisdom of God is going out to you and it is enabling you to discern. It is enabling you to decipher. It is enabling you to be able to know what it is that God would have you to do. Well, with that said, we're getting ready to jump into a powerful discussion and continuation of the teaching on the Prophecy Clinic today. So I'm going to remind you again, come on, share, 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 okay? If you thought that was just the intro, that's just the fluff, I'm waiting for whatever, I feel you. Okay, so hit share now because we're getting ready to dive into a powerful conversation. And guess who I've got with me? I've got two people. Oh, come on, that's about to blow it out of the water with us today. First and foremost, none other than the one and only chief prophet. You know her, right? Chief prophet, Dr. Tyler Price. Come on, let me get some whoop-whoop. <laughs> send up some hearts, send up some love as she joins us. And then after we go into the commercial break, we'll give a whoop-whoop for Apostle Sally Cheney. All 
All right. So you all ready? Now join me. Send up your hearts. Send up your love. Say hello. Put some wave hands in the comments for our very own Apostle Sally Cheney. Woo! All right. So we're diving in today. Are you ready for the fire coming out of the mouth of this Elijah, our chief prophet, Dr. Tyler Price? Well, good morning, good morning, Facebook family, YouTube family. Thanks for tuning in today. In the absence of Dr. Price and her travels, we're standing in, continuing with the subject matter as Prophet Angela has already introduced the Prophecy Clinic, right? We're talking about this, and she has us on a journey, doesn't she? We're on an expansive journey of understanding, really, how to do the prophetic differently in this generation, rebridging some things in our contemporary times that these prophets have lost connection with. One thing that the enemy has done so that he can create this culture of divination is disconnect the contemporary prophets from their root system. So because we're disconnected from the word, any word flies. Because we're disconnected from the word, any word can be fabricated or fashioned or cultured as truth. So we're dealing right now with a lot of any truth, okay? We got your truth, my truth, any truth coming out of the mouth of the prophets. They've made themselves ears, they've made themselves eyes, and they've made themselves mouths really for anything that goes by. We've perfected that piece. But we haven't perfected the piece of how to literally script and format your soul and your vessel for the deity you really want to speak for. Mm-hmm. See, we're back in that era. We've been talking about in other conversations how this is an authentic prophetic climate. Because in an authentic prophetic climate, you have to face off with every spirit, every God, every voice that is speaking. Okay? We've been so raised in the house that we as prophets feel like that because we go to church that the only thing that's going to speak to us is the spirits from church. Oh, my God. What I heard on a Sunday morning. Okay? Well, if I don't believe in another God, then certainly I don't have to worry about contending with the words of another God in my soul. Why would I have to worry about that? I don't believe in that. I believe in Jesus Christ. Right? So because of the disconnection, we don't recognize how God from the beginning, from the first commandment, Thou shalt have no other God before me has been having to face off with people believing and, and chasing after the voice of other gods. In fact, it was Dr. Price uh, who literally laid the foundation for us understanding that the number one reason prophets exist was not to prophesy, but it was actually to defend the deity they represent. That's the number one reason. She talked about how Abel died defending the deity he was there to represent. He literally died for defending the way that this deity wanted to be served, the rituals, the offering, the, the, the sacrifice, the early foundations of the priesthood. He was defending his deity. See, we got you used to defending your prophecy, your, your, uh, your spiritual. Uh-oh, did I already do it? Okay. <laughs> All right? So you're defending your prophecy. You're defending your spiritual excursion, your spiritual experience in your prayer closet. You're not defending the God that sent you. Uh, We're going to talk about that in the continuum today because we talk about how apostles are sent. But when you study in the Old Testament, they use that word over and over again. I sent them. These are not prophets I sent. This is not the person, okay? So God sent them. And so a lot of times we're not as prophets either in this generation defending our sender. Come on. That is our whole goal. So Dr. Price began to take us as prophets when we were being trained on the journey of how to know our sender, not know a prophecy. Yes. See, they introduce you to the spiritual. 
but they don't introduce you to your sender. So you get chasing the spiritual. You get this taste for spiritual, you know, excursions and powers and sensations running through you that you don't ever want to quantify, qualify, or clarify where they were sent from. Right? So we're not dealing with the prophets who were sent. When we say office here, Dr. Price is talking about the prophets who were sent. She said in the last broadcast as well, was it the last one or the one before? It's hard to tell because this woman's mouth is a fountain of wisdom. But she said uh, that uh, divination is unauthorized prophecy. Do we remember that? Divination is unauthorized prophecy, i.e., the scriptural statement to that is you were not sent. Jeremiah said over and over again, but these are not the prophets that God has sent. God has not sent them, meaning that they are releasing unauthorized prophecy to literally shape the planet against the will of God, to move it off the foundation of the eternal into the temple. See, when you begin to go up by divination, you move it off its eternal foundation into a temporal place. So that's how we got temporal prophets. You know why? Because temporal, temporal prophets are always wanting to be contemporary. Contemporary meaning trendy. So you're wanting the trendy word. Well, I want to, you know, that's not cool for right now. We're not dealing with right now. We're dealing with, which is our scripture for today for the prophecy clinic, and then I'll, uh, I'll back up a little bit into that. The scripture for today is what? Ecclesiastes 1.10. Is there anything whereof it may be said, see, this is new, but we got you chasing a new thing. We got you trendyizing, looking for trends, okay? Not looking for truth, looking for trends, because truth has a foundation and a root in the the eternal. So we're not looking for that. It has been already of old time, which was before us. Every prophet knows that there's nothing new under the sun, so we don't chase new. We chase the manifestation of our sender. We chase the will of our sender. We chase the manifestations and the demonstrations of our creator, the man who created it, the alpha that started it. Ah, because anything else is just a a ripoff, a knockoff, if you can't go back to one. Is that okay to say? Because that's what we're looking at. So she says in the prophecy clinic that this is unveiling the Almighty's prophecy machine. And I love the word machine because once prophecy proceeds out of the mouth of God and becomes a part of the fabric of the earth, it turns into a machine. It's no longer just about a word. It's now a process. We taught you that prophecy is just a word. A word of knowledge is just a word. A prophecy is a process because, as she's been saying on the show, it's tied to a project, right? It's tied to a project. So if we're dealing with a project, that means project has what? Systems and processes into it and you and built-in outcome. You are not only uh, delivering words to be heard, but you're literally using your word to build outcomes, to script outcomes, what you want that to look like when it is embodied by the material. So we prophesy the wrong words, and guess what? What gets embodied into, in the material will be distorted, corrupt, perverted, right? It will not be the product that came. So we have to be a lot more involved and intuitive and intelligent about the words we speak as prophets, and that's why she's taking the time to give you a whole clinic and uh, Prophet Andrew's going to talk with us here in a moment about what a clinic is because we don't understand what it means for you to be clinical, mm. okay? But we have to be clinical as prophets because clinical uh, speaks to a forensic, diagnostic, you know, process. Uh, it, it, it speaks to examination, analysis, not just run and tell, but run and, and, and research, mm. run and study, 
because we like to run and tell. But in this season, we're talking about running and researching. So she said that we have to, in the prophecy machine, the machine goes from message to messenger, from messenger to mantleship, from mantleship to manifestation. That means that the entire cycle goes from message to manifestation, and those are the macro pieces that go into making that come to pass. All of the other things that we'll talk about today are the micro pieces that go into making those bigger pieces happen. First, on the message, you've got to make sure you're hearing from the right, birth, the right voice. Let's start with the message piece. The micro of that system is, did I hear that from the right voice? And what kind of verifying procedures do you have? Well, I just felt it. I just, you know, my spirit just said, will somebody bear witness to it? You know how many people bore witness to Hananiah's words? The kings, the priests, and the false prophets tried to literally take Jeremiah down. I mean, literally pulled his yoke off, made a public show of him. They tried to pull him down. So other people bearing witness or agreeing with your word isn't the sole verifier which is why today we have to talk about that continual message because it isn't the soul verified because we said that, well, somebody confirmed it. Well, that's just confirmation. Make sure they're confirming what your deity said, what your sender said, and not the spoiler because the divination is what? Prophecy's rival. That's what she taught us, that it rivals the word. So you have to be aware of what's rivaling what God gave you and understand God's going to speak first and the rival's going to come second. And number three is going to require discernment because now you have to sift and sort between what God spoke and what his rival's trying to do and separate the two. So she did this so that we would have means by which we can use discernment because we're all so proud of saying what? Oh, yes, we got to discern that. I need to discern. We just need to discern. Okay, and don't know how to do it. Don't know the steps to follow. Don't know even the faculties or things to employ so that you can actually begin the process of believing not every spirit. So all of these things run in a machine. Prophecy is not just a word. It's a whole process. And inside of those, it's a process that's connected to a project. Project processes. Project systems processes that get things into the earth. Because, again, machine means that it's now taking on or becoming a part of the earth. Our earth is being managed by a lot of systems and, okay, processes that were set set in motion by a prophetic word that said, let there be. After let there be, the machine kicked in, did it not? That's why she says prophecies machine. So does that make sense today? Messenger is us. Now, God, not only do we have to deal with with the voice, but now we got to vet the messenger. So we have to have a whole series of metrics to vet the messenger. Isn't that true? Well, isn't it true? Because we're vetting messengers by what you said earlier, by anointings and by popularities. We, you know, the, it's about who wins the popular vote as a prophet. Mm. If you win the popular vote, then your word is going to be circulated. That's going to be the word of the day. Okay, that's what's going to be. Wow. Right? Hananiah won the popular vote. Mm. But Jeremiah was legislating creation. Hallelujah. Okay? Because a lot of times we think that the person who's most popular, who won the popular vote, is the actual legislator, the one actually pulling the string, the one actually, you know, making things happen, and they're not. We know by our world today that the people who are out front, okay, the icons, are not the government, are not the governing legislators of what's happening in the world. Okay, so give you a, a basic example. Everybody, when you think about basketball, we love LeBron James, but guess who's running the team? 
So he's a face, he's a player, but he has an administrator who is running the team. Okay, you understand that? So don't get confused that the, of the, with these prophetic icons because the icons can make you feel like that they're actually administrating and governing and legislating when they're just mouthing, announcing, or maybe even heralding, or maybe even just popularizing, or maybe celebrating. Because celebrities are celebrated. So, or maybe just celebrating a word, okay, and applauding. Because that might be the, the, the applaud crowd. So we want to make sure of that. So we're going to deal with the messenger's vetting. And then, of course, after you vet the messenger and go through all of them to make sure that their vessel isn't contaminated and will corrupt the message, okay, then you've got to vet the mantle. Because the mantle is how the word actually gets performed. Right? So how's the word going to get performed? Because you can have people who can, who can mouth the word, who can prophesy the word, or mimic a good prophecy, right? Mm. But they can't bring it to pass. They don't have the mentorship, because mentorship is that force. Mentorship is that grit. Mentorship is that muscle that you need as a prophet to come against those forces and powers, to be able to go up against those rivals that we talked about to ensure that God's word is not null and void. Mm. See, it was Jeremiah's mantle that had to stand the test. Y'all understand? So that word would come to pass. So your mentorship has to be vetted. Because as we've been talking about here, sometimes, you're, you know, you could be just a little too weak to be an enforcer, mm-hmm. a little too compromised. You need a lot of affirmation. You need a lot of approval. We've been dealing with that a lot on this show, the need for affirmation, approval. Why Dr. Price has been dealing a lot with the soul and then the prophet and then the soul and then the prophet? Because if the soul's not sturdy enough, the mantle can't run through it. Mm-hmm. You can be, God said that to me one time when I was praying. I was like, God, I remember I was a young prophet. I was really trying to be, you know, big in the Lord. He said, oh, look at your prayer. so powerful. He said, you're so spiritually strong, but you're too so weak. <laughs> That's a word that makes you want to cry. Your soul is too weak to do what you even see in the spirit because you've got to have the grit to carry that fortitude, diligence, determination. You have to have those things in the mantle. These are properties and attributes of mantleship because the mantleship has to rest on a character because if the character is not there, it can't hold up the mantle. So that's why we have to have ways to vet mantleship, your ability to execute and see it through, to be able to go all the way through on the word with God. Because sometimes we bow out, that pressure hit, ooh, that mantleship can start tilting, okay? Because you got persecution, people don't agree, somebody says you're wrong, then up, your mantleship starts crumbling. And then all of a sudden, what, you abandon the word, abandon the project, and they say, oh, my gosh, God told me that years ago. But, you know, at that time, I mean, it was so much persecution. Everybody was coming against me. I just thought I was wrong. I, right, no mantleship. Right? Last thing is manifestation. How do you know when the actual word that God spoke to you came to pass versus the divinary rivals? Mm. Because remember, Psalm 37 says that the wicked can bring things to pass. Their words will come to pass. So how do you know that your word, the word that you were sent to do by God, actually is the word that's in manifestation and in play right now? Did that word manifest or is it being eclipsed? Is it being upstaged by a rival? So that's why she's taking her time and giving us these forensic, diagnostic, analytical measures and metrics we can use to know we're not getting played. 
I don't know how anybody's ever got prophetically played before. And we were being honest. Okay, it's just a few of us and maybe a few, you know, thousand people who may watch it and be honest too. That we've all gotten played. I thought that was God. Oh, I, ooh, I just knew that was whatever. We've all gotten prophetically played. So Dr. Price is trying through this to begin to reframe our minds so that we can stop being played by darkness. Wise as serpents, harmless as does mean don't get played. Don't get played. Simple as that, right? Because if you're not wiser than the serpent, then he'll play you. And so we have to be wise, which means we have to understand the manifestations of serpentine ways, serpentine wisdom, and serpentine operations to know when they're mimicking the word of the Lord so that they can deceive people in going another direction or following their icon. See, God, remember, we forget that false prophecy is accompanied by what? Lying signs and wonders. When it said beware of false prophets, that they'll do what? Signs and wonders. We're just looking for words. But if they're a real good prophet, they're going to have manifestations. Things are going to manifest. When the beast comes, he's going to be so good at it that even the very elect can almost be deceived and think that he was doing something from God. But if you don't know those hairline differences, those uniquenesses and distinctions that make creator God who he is, you can get played. And the whole idea of the clinic and what we're going to get into today uh, is that, knowing those distinctions. Remember, discernment is in the differences, not the sameness. The enemy loves the sameness. He loves to make everything the same. Oh, that just is like saying, oh, that just means, remember Dr. Price telling us about paraphrasing? Mm -hmm. Because why? The enemy loves the sameness. Oh, we're saying the same thing, are we? Because you don't recognize that you don't even know when the enemy has hijacked your prophecy by paraphrasing your words and making sameness Mm -hmm. and using its power to facilitate. It's like how you uh, pad the bills. And, the, you know, when they're push, pushing them through legislation, they'll pad the bills with things you don't agree with. Mm-hmm. So the enemy will pad the bill of your prophecy if you can't have that forensic eye to go through and say, no, 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 that is not what we're trying to manifest. That is not what God sent us to do. He will pad your prophecy like they pad bills. Mm-hmm. Well, let's stuff this in there because we know everybody wants to save the children. So we're going to slide in things about abortion. We're going to slide in money for this over here. We're going to, okay, they're going to pad the bill. So he will pad your word if you're not careful about how people use it, interpret it, apply it, which is why prophets also have to be teachers. They have to be teachers because you have to teach people what you mean by your words so they're on board with the manifestation that God gave you and not the manifestation of this other thing that's trying to pad your word, pad your prophecy. Well, isn't it the same? I mean, didn't look at Lucifer in the serpent, okay, in the garden. Didn't they do it? I said, oh, you're going to pad the scriptures. He tried to pad the scriptures with Jesus Christ in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And Jesus was like, that forensic eye, let me cut down, Mm -mm, slice through, and tell you where you are a liar. Because people can use God's truth to lie. I'm going to say that one more time. People can use God's truth to lie. They will quote that scripture and use the truth. Did the Bible not say angels will be charged over you? That is the truth, but you're using it as a lie. So that's another thing that we as prophets have to be aware of, our people using our prophecies as a lie to facilitate the lying world and the lying structure that the enemy is trying to create. Well, let's find out today by understanding how to think more clinically. Amen. Prophet Angela is going to talk to us about clinical, why we're doing clinical case studies so that we can avoid falling into these pitfalls that we just discussed. 
All right. Well, come on. What now? What are y'all doing out there? Come on. Let's see some hashtag prophetic icons, hashtag mentorship. I mean, Chief was just walking us through so many powerful concepts. I know you're not missing it. I know y'all not out there sitting on the gift. You know how people used to say, you sitting on my gift. Uh, come on, hit share, hit like, send up the heart, respond, and let us know how this thing is hitting you. Uh, Chief, what you have said today is so powerful. As Dr. Price has been guiding us through the prophecy clinic, Chief has just really laid out a lot of key purposes and connections for why this is so key to us. So when we begin to talk about clinic, clinical, and case study, well, what are we dealing with? Okay, so first of all, when we deal with the word clinical and when we deal with its root clinic, okay, we're dealing with that which is based on or characterized by observable and diagnosable symptoms. When we deal with the concept of clinic, we're dealing with something that has to do with symptoms, something that has to do with sickness. So part of the purpose of the prophet is that God put us in the planet, number one, to be able to identify when something is sick, when something is outside of the actual system and the machine that God placed in the planet to operate a particular way. She just got through speaking about the prophecy machine and about prophecy being not just a word but a process, right? And so since there is a machine, it's no different than any other uh, technology or device that's in your house. When something, if you turn on your television with your Roku or your Fire Stick and the thing is spinning and not loading that screen that gives you all the icons for what channel do you want to watch, you know by the symptom of the fact that you cannot see all the tiles that something is broken, something is unfolding improperly with the device. And you begin to do what? You begin to investigate what is at the root of these systems. What is at the root of the fact that the machinery is not generating what it is supposed to be generating, my access to view a particular thing, right? So you start trying to figure out, well, is it the Wi-Fi? Well, is it the device that just needs to be reset? Well, do I need to turn the TV on and off and give them a chance to communicate one with another? Has something gone uh, awry with my actual USB stick or whatever type of device that you've got plugged into that TV to make it pull this particular thing in? You start going through and attempting to determine what is at the root of, the, of these, these particular symptoms and the fact that this is not functioning the way it should function. Prophets were always to be God's di- diagnosticians in the sense of being able to detect that God put particular mechanisms into the creation and being able to understand when this is not functioning, the way God set it in the creation to function, and by various laws and regulations that the prophets became witnesses of and became educated in, they could begin to whittle down and decipher and understand what was producing that outcome, what was producing those roots. So when we look here at Dr. Price's word cloud, what do we see? For the word clinic, we see things such as specialized education, right? Because it takes specialized education to begin to dig into or plow or identify symptoms and what may be the cause of something operating.
operating dysfunctionally, right? So when you begin to try to figure out what's going on with that device, you start off with a basic pretty much layman user's knowledge of what you should do. Turn it off, turn it on, you know, reset the motive. There's some basic things that we've all today kind of come to learn as a part of fundamental troubleshooting. But if it doesn't come back online, in order for you to resolve what's going on, you now need the next measure of specialized education to resolve the issue. You now need to begin to understand other things about how Wi-Fi works, how your modem works, whether your router is speaking a particular way or entering, what is the actual element here where we're seeing the dysfunction come in? Hence, we get entire career fields, right? That's why you're able to call tech support. That's why there are IT uh, centers. That's why there's the geek squad, right? Whoever it is that you're going to need, depending on the circumstance, depending on the mechanism, you have to tap a particular level of specialized education in order to get to the resolve of why you're experiencing this symptom and seeing this particular dysfunction. So God would posture his prophets throughout the scripture. And when we look at the Daniels, when we look at the Jeremiah's, when we look at the Micaiah's, when we look at Abel, when we look at Moses, each one God crafted for a particular specialized education that linked with something the prophetologist mentioned, which was mantleship depending on what that messenger was in the planet or in a sphere to enforce for God, was in a sphere to keep a particular divine design and purpose operational for the sovereign that depended on, that determined rather, that specialized education emphasis. We see Daniel with emphasis in government, in political affairs. We see him going through that whole training process. The scripture said that they were trained in all the knowledge of the Chaldeans. Why? Because God was giving him a specialized education so that he would be able to have the clinical approach that a king would need, the clinical approach that a head of state would need, right? That's who we really are as prophets. There's a difference between diagnosing what's going on with your auntie and diagnosing what's going on with Africa, you see. And what God has really purposed for God's prophets is in terms of his creation and the seat that we have in it, it's requiring the specialized education. The clinic is focused examination. It is related to station, even as we just mentioned in our examples. There is practicum. There is conference, word conference, ward conference for group instruction. Because when we start talking about specialized education, you come together in groups. Think about schools like Harvard. Think about schools like MIT. When they lock into some type of a special high-level or accelerated program in a particular area or field, they bring together a cohort that's generally not just one individual sitting there digging into some particular education, but they bring together 20 or 30 or 50 of the, um, those that are operating in that particular field 
to become a group so that together they facilitate out of their various expertise, their exposure, their knowledge from the history of implementing that in that particular sphere, and they're able to be educated to the next place and to the next level. What does that speak to? That speaks to prophetic companies. Even as we consider the wisdom that we must take on as prophets, the development that we must take on as prophets, it's not enough. We've got a lot of this individual uh, situation, everyone off in the Lone Ranger, everyone trying to just build up their own world and their own kingdoms and their own empires. But when we look at the continuum of prophecy, when we look at history's prophetic predecessors, we see prophetic companies. We see prophets coming together. Even if we go back to our example of Daniel, Daniel is in Babylon with Shadrach and Abednego. They came together as a cohort. They put their specializations together. When Nebuchadnezzar had the dream that he could not remember, and he was demanding that all his wise men tell him, what did I dream and what does it mean? And if you can't tell me, you're not a wise man. Daniel and Abednego and Shadrach came together into a group. They had a war conference, and they came together putting together their specializations, putting together their concentrated study, taking that mentorship, that force, that capacity that each one of them carry, synthesizing, synchronizing, linking it together in order to push Daniel into the sphere where he could pull in of the knowledge and the information. Now let's look at case study. Let's look at Dr. Price's word cloud on case study, and we see many powerful uh, terms and concepts that begin to help us understand the concept of a case study. Now first, when we say, well, what is a case study? A case study critically assesses, right? It is a detailed study, a critical assessment of a person, a group, an event, a phenomenon, or a situation. So if we go back to the example of Daniel, here's a phenomenon that God has come and delivered a message to the head of state that he cannot remember. He knows it's important. He knows it impressed upon him, but he cannot implement any of the wisdom that was delivered because he can no longer cognitively retrieve it. So he needs one that is wise to begin to examine the phenomenon of dreams, to dig into the sphere of dreams, to explore the clinical element of why he is not able to cognitively grasp this dream and what must be done to extract this dream from this particular sphere so that the knowledge, the wisdom that was being delivered in it can actually benefit the populace. Do you see the connection there? When she was talking about prophecy being a process, prophets are those that walk something from its place of inception of entering creation from eternity to bring it all the way to the point where it actually can render its manifest benefits to those 
those whom it was sent, whether that's a nation, whether that's a city, whether that's a leader, whatever the case may be. So when we dig into case studies, and Daniel is an exact is a particular case study of Scripture, that's what we begin to do. We start making these assessments because as prophets, we are addressing the Almighty's issues. So we see terms in this word cloud like explore, autopsy, diagnose, screen, probe. Okay, so when we think about clinical case studies, now as prophets, we have to begin to take elements apart, right? A lot of the prophecy that we're receiving in this time is lump prophecy. It's things just pulled together in this. You know, it's almost like you think about Plato and little kids. Have you ever seen a little kid mix the colors? Yes. <laughs> now, if you're an adult, that might, and especially if you got a little excessive compulsive or something, that gets on your nerves because you're mixing the yellow with the green. No, they're supposed to be separate. But little kids will take the different colors and just smush them together until you can't even distinguish what was the red, what was the green, what was the yellow, you know, and, and and now anything that you would have made out of each of those elements right. to be something discernible, right, it's no longer discernible. That's how, what, what kind of prophets we have. We have Plato prophecies because no one can separate. No one is trained to delineate. No one is trained to distinguish and to identify the various elements so that we have right. something distinct that we are looking at. We're just smushing stuff together. And you know why we do that? Because as Chief said earlier, we We've got a lot of prophetic mimickers. We've got prophetic memory, mim- mimicry and prophetic mockery. And so yes. as a result, the only way that you're going to prosper and be able to build a ministry and be able to take in all kinds of monies and offerings and cash apps is that we've got to make prophecy so indiscernible. We've got to make its elements so combined and collaborated and smushed together that then you cannot discern the true from the false. You cannot discern the prophet of the Almighty. You cannot discern the mentorship that you were talking about earlier, and now we're just all a bunch of uh, tricks and traitors just speaking from the spiritual realm and letting it land wherever it lands so that we can all get something. So a prophecy clinic is also an identifier, which is why a lot of people don't train and teach prophets this way, because a prophecy clinic will expose who are the real prophets amongst us, those actual faculties that actual apparatus, that actual spirit that God engages. That's what made Daniel separate himself from every other wise man who that king was about to take their head, right? He excelled above them, and God made him the president of all of the occultists. God made him the president of all the spiritual ministers and all of the communicators because he could distinguish himself, because he could go in and make those separations, explore. We think explore just means speak in tongues for three hours. We think explore just means, you know, we just lay out on the rug and, you know, we just let the rain of the Holy Ghost come down. And so we bring prophets together and we call our conclaves and our clinics and, and you know, and all these things, we, we turn them into these little seeker, seeker things. But that's not what was going on. Even though Daniel and Abednego and Shadrach, yes, they prayed. They came together and they prayed, but they weren't just, you know, praying. They weren't just floating in the spirit, right? Explore. Okay, let's go back to history. Let's go back to the conquistador.
hand. He was not asking him to pray in the spirit. He was asking him to get on a ship. <laughs> he was asking him to travel a terrain to map out the picture and be able to tell me what's between here and what you find. He asked him to go when they hit the land. They had to take samples. They had to examine what was in the habitat. They had to identify the creatures and the plants and the food. They packed some of those things on the ship to bring back, to give proof, to give evidence, to say this is what distinguishes this land from our land. That was exploration. All of those, and I've just named a few things, all of those elements exemplified exploration. So when we begin to case study as prophets, that means that we have to dig into what Scripture has established, what God has repeated over and over again in the nations and in the peoples of the earth until we can you explain the habitat of your prophecy. Your prophecy is a process. If it's got to pull in all these elements, what is the habitat? What is the climate? What is the ecosystem for what it is that God wants to produce? We have many things that God would have to be that we are failing to manifest because we don't understand the ecosystem. We don't understand the climate. We don't understand that you can't grow oranges in Alaska, right? So you're giving a, a oranges prophecy in an Alaska climate. You, you understand what I'm saying? That's a lack of wisdom. That's a lack of wisdom. And so the case studies are designed to teach us the wisdom of our predecessors. What did they use? She says, Specialized or particulate inspection. Particulate. So something so tiny, something so small. We, we brush off a lot of things, but the true prophet could break a word down to its nanoparticle to the nano-influences. So when uh, Chief Prophet began to talk earlier about those contaminations, about the vettings, about how we have to vet the message and the messenger and et cetera, she was talking to us about those nanoparticles. We just think, well, if they're dressed a certain way, then I'll go ahead and receive the word. Or we just think, well, if so-and-so endorses them, if they say they're under bishop so-and-so, then they must be a prophet. If they say that they're under prophet so-and-so, then they must must be a prophet. And we cannot decipher those nanoparticles that distinguish the actual prophet of the Almighty. So God gave us the scripture so that we could see what was Micaiah's nanoparticle. How did he not turn on God? How did he not join the prophetic trend so that he could live, so that he could come out the jail and out the prison and enjoy the, the king's party and everything else that was going on? Too many prophets are shaking off and purging themselves of those particles, of those distinguishers. You have, you, they're no longer appreciating and going after what God uses to actually sanctify and consecrate his own messenger. Instead, we are shuffling off those things that separate, that distinguish, and that quarantine us from evil, that quarantine us from error and from uh, deception and from the unauthorized. And instead, we're kumbayaing. We're, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're holding hands. We are the world. We are the children. 
is the mold that we have gotten into, right? And so there's no particulate inspection. Uh, it's an answer questions, objectively studying a case. That means if we're going to really do this thing for God, first of all, we have to be able to ask the right questions. We've got to grow up as prophets. This culture is feeding you your questions, and you're responding like a parent. But God didn't put parents at the helm of his church. So you've got to begin to dig into the Almighty. What are the right questions? What should we actually be asking about what is unfolding? Stop prophesying according to the news. Stop prophesying according to the headline. Stop prophesying according to the breadcrumb trail, right, that the diviner of media is laying out for you and begin to delve into what are the questions that actually open up the sphere of the almighty's mindset, right? That's powerful. And being objective, right? We can't go into our favoritism, our biases, and our blinders. Dr. Price taught a powerful uh, session on prophetic biases and blinders, and we are actually filled with them, which cripples our ability to be God's clinical case studiers. So that's something that we've now got to come out of and move into this. It talks to us about thematic analysis and thematic study of situations, outcomes, and effects. So scripture lays out themes for us. As we look at the various things that unfold in the scripture, we begin to see themes. We begin to see the repetition of very particular elements in each particular piece. Dr. Price has mentioned to us scripture saying that from the beginning, God has never blessed the nation that sinned. Call that a theme. Okay, so the prophet will say, as I look at what dictates the blessings of God, and as I look at what historically and scripturally dictates the curses of God, I see that the theme is there are certain things that God doesn't bless. So how did we get these anti-supernal thematics in our prophecies of today? How did we get these carnal, mortally driven, humanistic themes? How did we get all these books about your best life now? How did we get all these books about becoming your own vision and your own... You're dictating your own life. How did we get all these things, even as she was just saying the other day, about being the captain of your own ship, unless we've been infiltrated through a failure to do thematic analysis and thematic study of situations, of outcomes, of effects. Daniel, when he dug into the prophecies of Jeremiah so that he would know what to do as a prophet in his time and service of administration, he had to do case study. He had to open up the books and the writings of Jeremiah and dig, dig, dig for all of these things that this word cloud shows us. So that is uh, a powerful understanding. Then secondly, we see our clinical class elements and features, the judicious investigation, research-based methodology, observation, conclusion, collaboration. We lack a lot of collaboration in the prophetic movement, and it is opening up uh, access for the spirit of the frog. It is opening up the access of divination in the midst of the things that God would establish and do because we don't collaborate. Heuristic trials and tests. They pulled on heuristics. That one type of a heuristic is the 
fantastic. Prophets studied the prophets so that they had available knowledge, so that they had available understanding, rest, resting in their cognition that they could pull on for how to respond to a current situation or a current circumstance. If as prophets today we're not studying all the prophets, if we don't know what God has done by and through the prophets from Genesis to Revelation, there's no ability. There's no availability. There's nothing for us to pull on to be able to begin to decipher and discern. Knowledge-based protocols, methods, evidence, signs, examination. This word cloud is filled with things that help us to understand clinical class elements that we must now begin to break down and to implement. Now, Apostle Sally, talk to us about why these procedures, these protocols, these methods are so important as it concerns what Scripture has laid for us as a foundation. This is so important to us because with what we're teaching, this is nothing new. This is part of the continuum. And being a part of the continuum, we have to do what it tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 6 and verse 10. Everything that happened was decided long ago. And we humans know what we are like, and we can't argue with God because he is too strong for us. Okay? The more we talk, the less sense we make. So what does it do to talk? All right? So the continuum process is carrying on. We have all of this teaching in the Prophecy Clinic right now. None of this is new. It's just more defined. It's being taught to us from the thoughts of God, as Dr. Price is pushing. We're getting the understanding of what this clinic is really all about by what Prophet Angela has just given us and what Prophet Tala has just given us. We know now that we have got to be in better shape. We're going to have to do what we need to do. It was a long time ago put into place, so you can't say, well, oh, my goodness, they're teaching something new. Here we go. They're trying to put something new out here. It was already in the Word of God. It was already taught. It is much importance in it, and that's why Dr. Price drills us with it from week after week, from the word clouds to everything that she puts up for us. She's letting us know there is so much importance in this. You cannot let it just slip by. You can't just go through the motion and say, okay, I went through my course at, at Price U or wherever you go to school, but you're going to have to take this on as important. It's nothing new, but it's major important that we as prophets and apostles get in our positions, know who we are, take on what he's telling us to take on, get the training, and most of all, what we've been talking about all day, get the wisdom. We've got to have the wisdom because wisdom is still the principal thing. Put this wisdom back in order and don't just be a fly-by-night prophet. Like, okay, be who God really calls you to be. Take on the wisdom of God, the thoughts of God, and begin to produce what he needs for us to produce so that we can be the foundational leaders to see this kingdom back in his hands like he wants it to. Amen. Yes. Amen. Well, praise God. I think that that's absolutely true that um, uh, I think uh, Prophet Angela, Assistant Chief, did a great job at laying out the foundation of a clinic. How many guys can say watching today that you understand what clinical means better? Okay, because when something's going through a clinical process, that means it's going to be used to treat something. 
clinical trials, clinical issues, clinical things are used to treat matters. And so profits, one thing that Dr. Price has often said is that profits are used to treat the issues he has in creation. That's one of the reasons or purposes. We think prophecy is our purpose. No, it's our instrument. Our purpose is to defend our sender and to treat his issues, address and confront his adversaries to the world that he's trying to create for his populace. So we have to be able to distinguish, okay, purpose from instrument, okay, and, and our job description from our, our, our manifestations because we blur lines. And that's what I love, the fact that you went into the details and said let's get into the minutia so that we can understand what things mean because definition puts partitions in between words. Going back to your Plato, hashtag Plato today, Plato prophecy. But going back to the Plato prophecy statement that she made, Definition puts those partitions there so that you can clearly distinguish between two things. You have to know what it is you are spelling out, what it is you are prophesying, right? Because a lot of times you may be expressing, but we have to know the difference between expression and prophecy. Because a sermonizer can express, can't you get hot under a sermon? <laughs> I just got a feeling everything's going to be all right. That's different than a prophecy saying everything's going to be all right. And then walking people through how God is treating the situation so that he can guarantee everything's going to be all right. It says in here, she said in Ecclesiastes 6.10, I think that uh, what Apostle Sally said, everything happened, that everything that had happened was decided long ago. We're not prophesying anything new because our prophecies are God's decisions and actions. All right, now sit around and think about it. Then we say, come on, case study. Why we're doing case studies is because these are God's decisions in action. So what has he already decided is what prophets need to go then and enforce and do and carry out, which is why you need that mantleship muscle, right? We need that power. We need that enforcement because you've got to go in with your mantle and say, excuse me, this is what God decided and this is what will happen. You understand? We're not here to negotiate. We're not here to have a meeting. We're not here to write a treaty. We are here to tell you and inform you this is the decision of God, and this is what will be. So we're, and he says in here, I love it, he says, what to, I love it. Humans know that we are like what we are like, and we can't argue with God because he is too strong. I love that in that passage. He is too strong because a lot of times we do think that we can argue that it's open, that prophecy is open for debate and vote. Isn't it? Well, I don't agree. Well, I agree with this portion. I agree with some of that, but I don't agree with all of that. Well, you know, if I were to give that word, well, my belief on that, you see how we want to, you know, turn it into, okay, a whole group project. Okay, where each person's thoughts and opinions can now give uh, aid to the manifestation of the word. And that's what I mean about you having the mentorship to know when something's about to hijack your word. You know unbelief can hijack a prophecy, right? And unbelief doesn't always come waving. It comes weaving itself in what God is telling you to do. I hear what you say. I believe that that's God. But I'm just saying we need to consider, well, if we're going to do that, you may want to think about, well, if that's really God, shouldn't we consider, you see, all of those subtle unbelief statements that come to hijack the word. So that's why it's important to know that it was decided long ago, that, that we need to go back to what was already decided so that we as prophets today don't end up operating out of order or according God's judgment because we're coming up against something that was already decided. 
and then you're going into a mental-to-mental battle with God who's too strong for you to argue with. Because your mantle can get hurt. Your life can get hurt because you're arguing with uh, something that has been settled in heaven and earth from before time began. You can't uproot a foundation you didn't lay. You didn't lay that foundation, so you can't uproot it. And a lot of times we think that our prayer closet power gives us authority and sovereignty over what God has already decided what will be. That's why she says in Ecclesiastes 3.16, and again, I saw under the sun in the place of the judges that evil was there, and in the place of righteousness that evil was there. And I said, God, in my heart, God will be judge of the good and of the bad because time for, um, because a time for every purpose and for every work has been fixed. By him. Yeah. Your prophecy is fixed if you're actually working with the sender. Divination is fluid, but truth is fixed. So a divination prophecy can change with whatever media report, news report, trend, popular doctrine, okay? So divination is fluid. It'll just keep moving with the culture, moving with the morals, moving with the time, moving with, with what's accepted. But truth is fixed. And it won't change. And there's no matter of, of uh, prophetic antics that you can uh, employ that will change truth. Truth will just wait for its time and season to appear. It'll wait for the shenanigans to end, the show to be over, your little house to close down, and now we're into the next thing. And as we close out this segment today, because we've got some great things we want to announce and bring you, make you guys aware of, we want to make sure that you understand two things. Prophecy has a biosphere. Part of what I just said is in its biosphere. Guard, he says, grounds, guards, barriers, boundaries. God's pre-decisions are, are the guards and barriers and boundaries. They set the boundaries of your word. Like she said, not prophesying about an orange in Alaska. Come on here. All right, you wasted God's time and yours. Why? No pre-existing processes. There's nothing already that, that is facilitating that word. See, there has to be a, a, a spiritual structure that is facilitating the appearance of that word. Well, there's nothing in Antarctica to facilitate that or Alaska to facilitate that. So now you, that's what makes it false or just erroneous. And that's how you get off and caught into all of these things because, again, you have not set it in your heart to know God's righteousness, God's judgment, God's ways, God's systems, God's processes. You have not said it in your heart to know. You said it in your heart to debate and argue, contend, and, and imagine. Mm-hmm. Okay? But you, okay, and, and God's, honey, trust me, truth will await your imagination. How many of you guys imagined your life would be in a different place? And did truth wait you out? Truth waited you out. And your life is fixed the way God said it would be. <laughs> if they waited on you, oh, I'll wait. You know, the only girls are like, I'll wait. Prophecy's like, I'll wait you out. So the prophecy sphere deals with that. So you have to know what the sphere of prophecy is. Prophetic accountableness is the other one I'll say in this time period, because when Dr. Price comes back, she'll unveil a lot of these words. But prophetic accountableness, you're not just accountable to your own spirit, your pastor and your church. You have to be accountable to what is. There's nothing new under the sun. You have to be accountable to what is, what has been established, what has come before you. And we want to be accountable to our expression, our words, and our anointing. No, no. Even your anointing needs to be bridled and restrained by your character to come under the accountability of what is. Because otherwise, you will become an adversary of God by accident, and it will create some unwelcome incidents in your life as he has to train you in truth. 
Because how many guys have ever had to be trained by the truth? He couldn't just tell you. You know, God just couldn't say it to you. You know what I mean? But he had to get something out and train you by truth. And you got that nice little Hebrews 12 chastening, okay, because you were a son. So you had to be trained by truth. Prophetic reputation. You cannot destroy yours or God's prophetic reputation prophesying outlandish things that don't coagulate or cooperate with his systems. Dr. Price talking about hell predating the earth is a system, which means you telling people they're not going to go to hell, huh, prophetic reputation, because that's not true. You're actually coming against a system that you did not start, so you can't control. Your word can't control something it didn't originate, and the problem is thinking that you are an originator. Does that make sense? So as we... As we end this, because we want to make sure we get to some things, I wanted to just say that, making, making you know that prophecy has a biosphere. She, put, she pointed out the word ecosystem earlier. Ecosystem, meaning that it has a, a, a series of moving parts that go into manifestation. And your spoken word is just one of them. In fact, it is the easiest part. It is a monochrome. It is a minuscule part of the entire biosphere that makes prophecy what it is. Because prophecy is, is how God makes his words come to life and then use that life to keep life going. You think that there's no life at the end of your sentence. There's no life at the end of your word. Mm-hmm. But when God begins to use that to make people act on it and bring it to manifestation, the whole goal is that what he spoke is supposed to keep the life he wants to create going. That's why prophecy and preservation are often synonymous. And we'll end on this. Is it true? Prophecy and preservation are synonymous because you have to be able to keep something going. You're not speaking to just be heard in a moment, for a season, in a culture, in a generation, but to keep things going, which we're going to close out right here on this slide about continuum. Dr. Price does this so that we can understand prophecy as a continuum. Stop thinking that your prophetic words are just your own private commodity. That's why it says no prophecy is a private interpretation. Why? Because there have already been interpretations that have come before your word that actually make your word necessary for your generation. You recognize that? So prophecy is a chain link. God says the word of God cannot be broken. So it's a chain link. It's interconnected. All of the other prophets knew that their words were connected with what came before them. I can, just, I can give you several scriptures in Jeremiah, but we don't have time. But one thing that Zechariah said and Ezekiel both mentioned that I will read today as, as a closing note. And Ezekiel, I'm, I'm sorry, I will, I will do Zechariah, not Ezekiel. So Zechariah 1.4, he says, don't be like your fathers to whom the former prophets preached, saying. So Zechariah knew what the former prophets preached. He didn't come out with his own word and his own saying and what he felt about what was going on in that generation. He used his history to guide his sentiments and his optics about how to look at what was happening in his generation. And he said that the former prophets preached saying, thus says the Lord, turn now from your evil ways and your evil deeds. But they did not hear nor heed me, says the Lord. Zechariah 7, 7, should you not, should you not have obeyed the words which the Lord proclaimed through the former prophets when Jerusalem and the cities around it were inhabited and prosperous and the south and the lowlands were inhabited? He's saying, now you cry out to God, but why didn't you listen to the prophets then? Zechariah 7:12. Yes, they made their hearts like flint, refusing to hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent by his spirit through the former prophets. Thus the great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. 
I want to leave that with you all today. As you can see, Zechariah did what? Did he use his own trend? Did he use the news media? No, he used the words of the former prophets. Because what the former prophets established is what God already decided. Amen? Does that, does that make sense to you guys? All right. Well, we enjoyed this. We enjoyed being able to share a little bit with you today. Before we wrap up today's show, we want to make some good, important announcements. Coming up first is going to be uh, taking it on with Dr. Paula Price. We want to invite you to have an opportunity to partner with her. Messages like this need to go around the world. Take it on. We want to take it on with you. Partner with us. www. 
All right, that's www.takingiton.com. Don't forget to visit that website and find out ways that you can help this message get around the world. We do need your partnership to make it so. Amen. All right, big announcement here, okay, for the Paula Price universe. The Jesus in Paula show will be moving its time, right? Mark your calendars. Mark your calendars. Someone posted now. Put it in the comments that the Jesus and Paula show is moving times, not days, times. So now it will be Thursdays at 8 p.m. Yes, that is Thursdays at 8 p.m. That is when the Paula Price show will be going live. So now those of you guys who have had to sneak on your lunch break, jump out into your car, slide into the elevator, pretend that you're talking to a customer, walking around with your cell phone in your hand. You don't have to do that while you're at your work, okay, or trying to take your lunch break to catch a few moments before you head to work, right? So you don't have to do any of those things anymore right now. Mark your calendars. Put it in there. Send a message. Share, share, share. Hashtag Jesus and Paula Show Thursday at 8 p.m. Be there or be square. Okay, so we want you to make sure you tune in and let everybody know. Now you can sit in your cozy chair with a cup of tea and listen to the Paula Price Show in comfort. Yes? <laughs> okay. And so now we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit uh, about our upcoming event, the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. Apostle Sally, tell us what's coming up in June 15th through the 18th. My, my, my. We are so excited. You are going to be blessed this year with our speakers. You're going to be blessed even in our youth church with the training that's going to occur there as well. We don't leave out our kids, so you want to bring your children this time. But you want to come to be a part of this. This event is so powerful. You want to understand more about what a prophet is, what a prophet is doing, why we even have them in the world, what in the world is a prophet. All of this is described in our training process. It's been going on a long time. We have apostles that come too, so don't think that you have to be only a uh, prophet to be here. If you are a pastor, you need to come because there's so much teaching that comes in this time. But I can tell you what happens at this event. We come and we worship like You've never seen worship before. It is hot. We have those that come from other states that come and be a part of our worship and lead, and we go in there, okay, all the way in. After that, we have training from Dr. Price our first couple of days, and then our speakers as well join in. But the training is phenomenal. You learn things that more than coming here to say, can I learn how to prophesy? You learn how to be a prophet in the real with your character, and you learn that you need to go to school and get some more training, and you learn that you need to take some uh, MAQs and PAQs, which is part of our being able to assess you to see who, if you really are a prophet. And you leave here knowing, I need to get some more help because I'm only 20% a prophet and I'm 80% lacking. All right, so all of this comes up, and when you find this out, you don't get mad at anybody anymore. You come online and say, it's okay. I'm finally somewhere where they're telling me the truth, and I'm telling you the truth is going to come out. Even in our evening sessions, it's phenomenal. Even our State of the Union, all of what happens during this particular time of this Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, you don't want to miss it. You also need to know it's not going to be free. 
So most people say, let's take up an offering and we'll bless whatever. No, this is not happening. You're going to pay for what you're getting because you're going to always use it when you know that you paid for it and you have to do something about that. So paying for it is not a $10 offering. You will always have to understand we don't do that kind of stuff, but you do have to pay what the fee is that you can go online, DrPaulaAPrice.com, PaulaAPrice.com, and look up what our event prices are. It is a place where you want to go. Again, it's not cheap. It's what's going to make you different in this. It's going to make you understand, like I said, you're not just a get up and let me just give you the word of the Lord. You're going to come through this and understand there's functionalities. There's all kinds of understanding of why people are messing up and, and going into the way of being false prophets. We're going to find out a lot about what a false prophet is. You're going to find out a lot about really and truly, if you are a prophet, why don't you just want to say, okay, I need some help in making sure I'm doing it the way God wants me to. She's giving you the prophet's dictionary. Dr. Price has already given us the prophet's uh, handbook. All of this is training you to be the best prophet, not 10% ready, but 100% ready. So you are going to get that kind of training, and you will be different when you leave because you will go home saying, let's just go back and take every school book I had and just throw it away and start over. Get you know Maybe you won't throw yours away, but you probably are going to think twice about what you've been studying because it's only giving you 20% of what you need to get you where you are to be as the kingdom. This is really a strong foundational purpose of what we need in this era that we're in. We need to be able to understand how to be the best prophets, how to be the best apostles, and you cannot be that by just prophesying. So get that in view right now. It is different. You won't be hearing a lot of, okay, I'm going to give a prophecy during these times. You're going to learn how to get yourself together, do it God's way, listen to his voice, listen to his thoughts, begin to take on everything he's telling you to take on and lay everything else to the curb, okay? Just leave it there. Leave it on the airplane until you get back and you can say, I don't need that anymore because you're going to leave here changed, different, and empowered to be the best prophets you've ever been in your life. Amen. I think that's wonderful. Remember, this is a university-level education, isn't it? Um, so when you're thinking about pricing, do think about that. Uh, and those prophets that really want to know what their station is, you know, in this particular season, where should I be? What should I be doing? What is, what is my place, my sphere, my uh, uh, sphere of influence, my sphere of domain, and my station? A lot of times when God calls you to a region, he's, it's a station. And she talks about the station of the prophet. And that's not something that we actually have been uh, in a lot of communication about in the body of Christ is that what a person, what a prophet needs to do to literally be stationed in a city. When God calls you to a particular area or region, what you should be doing, how that should look, and how it's different than the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, and others that go in. What is it when God plants a prophet in a region and not just a church or a, a revival? So this is going to be very good for you, encouraging you guys to do that. Dr. Price does have a special luncheon, okay, for those of you guys who want to go more in depth beyond what we're going to give to our, the general attendees. She wants to deal with principalities and get into the places, especially those of you guys who really feel like, I know that God is calling me specifically to do something about what is happening in our nation, what is happening in your city and your region. That private luncheon is for you. If you know you're a leader, you know that, hey, I am a prophet that's been stationed. 
So I need someone to tell me how to man this station and what we need to look forward to, things we need to be prepared for down the line, how to navigate God's future. That's a private luncheon. That's a separate cost. But, again, it's worth the investment for you to be prepared to know how to address kingdom issues. Amen? So we invite you to do that. All right. In other news, we have Little University. Yes, we're so excited. The school is up and open. We have people who are uh, signing up, taking tours. There's been a lot of interest here as many people are looking for alternative ways to educate their children in this season for a variety of reasons. They want their education level of their child to come up. They want to literally give them access to more superior knowledge and understanding, and also for them to not have to be invaded by other things that are happening currently in our school system, from bullying to, you know, sexual assault to the invasion of of pornography. Now we have to teach our kids how to be pornos at three, all of that kind of stuff. So parents are looking for ways to literally have a kid just be a kid. Can I be, you know, can I just have a kid? I don't want a sexual deviant coming home to me after school. I want my kid my three-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old kid to return back to me, okay, safe and sound, sound, appear sound, all right? So Little University, we want you to check us out. We're going to be also launching our homeschool center this summer, so we're excited for that as well. Also, one-on-one treatment for those with special needs, that's autism, dyslexia, any of those kind of things. Um, We're also working on hearing impaired, so all of it's coming out in this because we want to be able to educate every member of our future society. Right? This is every member. So we want you to check us out, littleuniversity.com, little-university.com, all right, to check us out for that. If you are in the Tulsa area, we invite you to check out our summer program. We're going to be launching a summer arts program. It's going to kick off in June, and we're very excited about it. So if you need a place to, you know, take a break from the kids, Amen. All right, we have a great summer program for them. We're going to be teaching them a lot of things uh, related to arts, from music to dance to voice to actual art and some other things. There might be some culinary as well. So if you live in this area and you're looking for something for your kids to do this summer, check us out. Give us a call. That's little-university.com. And so now we're going to just close out today talking to you a little bit about what happens this weekend. Yes. Well, before we jump into come uh, jumping back to TPTI, I also want to remind you about the group rate. Some of you out there, you're strategizing. You're like, how do I get there? You know, and you need to partner up. You need to collaborate. You need to get a bus. You need to get a van, you know, or whatever it is. If you got to ride together on a skateboard, you take the front, I take the back. You've got to get here. So we want to remind you that we have a group rate. So go to www drpaulaaprice.com click on events and you will see the entire schedule and the button to register. You know what you should do? You should register today. You should register today. Don't wait till next week. Don't wait till the first week of June. Don't wait till the week before the event. Why don't you go ahead and even release your registration as a face seed that as you register, God's moving, God's answering, God's pulling together details that you may be trying to figure out or trepidate 
conversations about whether they're going to come together. Get that sister, auntie, cousin, girlfriend, homie, brother, whatever, and band together, share a room, share a sandwich, and pop in that group ring and come on and be with us June 15th through the 18th here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, guess what else? Some of you, you're tapping into us week after week, and you're saying, man, I need more than just Thursdays from 11 to 1. I need more of what Dr. Price is saying. I need a church that's like this. I need something constant that will feed my spirit, build me up, educate me, give me the consciousness, give me the wisdom, give me the muscle to do this thing. Did you know we've got an answer for you? It's called Congregation of the Mighty Ecclesial Embassy. You can become a member both locally and and online. And when we say online, we're not just saying, you know, that we're going to send out a flyer and you'll click at 10, 7, and 9, right? But we have an entire system to care for you, to cover your life, to draw you in, to see that you are matriculating, that you are advancing in the destiny that God actually has for your life. Yes. So we want to invite you. Why don't you become a part of this You prophets out there, you prophetic types out there, you dreamers that are getting bombed every night with all of these visions and images and trying to sort through it and feeling discombobulated in your life because you have no one to really talk to, no one to really counsel you, no one to really mentor you about that process, but you get that in the body of what we are as an embassy. We tend and we cultivate the lives of God's elect. We tend and we cultivate the lives of God's prophets and prophetic types and apostles and those that he's raising up for such a time as this, okay? So I want you to click on the information. Also, downloading our church app, which you can do by going to your app store, whether you have an Android or whether you have iTunes, you can go into the app store, you can pull up the church app, type that in, download that app, and then input Congregation of the Mighty Ecclesial Embassy to find us as a specific congregation where you can stay connected, get announcements, you'll be able to sign up for tele-discussion groups where you can talk out the messages that Dr. Price is delivering on Sundays and Thursdays, you'll be able to sign up for prayer pods, because we got to come together we got to pray. What do you say? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. You need somebody to pray with that's just going to say more than, Lord, we thankful that our bed wasn't our cooling board, right? You want somebody who's going to give you some, some prayers that you can war with as a prophet, some prayers that you can war with as God's elect to ascend and to overcome in those territories and cities that you're in. Now, some of you are right here around the corner. Some of y'all are right here around the street watching on the internet now come on stop that come on back here into the house of the lord 
and begin to get settled in amongst us where we can touch you, hug you, look you in the eyes, and make sure that things are going well for you. Whatever it was that sent you into hiding, whatever it was that has locked you into this particular comfort or this downshift that you have been in, don't forget, Scripture says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. There's something on the other side of that wall. There's something on the other side of that isolation that the enemy wants you to be separated from. But we decree to you that it is no longer your season to be separate. It is now your season to come into his flock of power because that's what he's raising up and that's what he's cultivating in the earth. So listen, we want you to come on. Go to the website, join, click, download the app, or call us at one 419 to get more information about how you can connect, how you can be officially, come on, somebody say officially. We're talking about officers and not just gifters, and officers do official things. So you can connect with us officially, and we can help you navigate all that we have going on through the powerful commission of Dr. Paula A. Price. Wow, wow, wow. Yes, so we invite you to do it. Check us out, congregationofthemighty.com. We're so excited to have you guys be a part. And for you all, literally tuning into this show today was a phenomenal show. We packed a lot into it, a lot of major announcements. Remember, don't come here at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, but 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And if you're looking to kind of learn more about what you heard today, we do have a bundle that is on sale right now, the Prophets Trio, right? The Prophets Trio. There three books that you everybody needs to have my goodness and I believe it's the prophet's handbook and dictionary and the uh, uh, assessment help me assessing your prophetic self I want to say the prophet's assessment <laughs> but that's available too you can also you can also take an assessment with the with that book okay as well but the trio so that you can learn more about what you heard today you may have heard some things tuning in for the first time or wondering how we were able to pull all of this information together where are they getting this from check out that trio it's definitely a good place to start dictionary to help you understand language, dreams, all of those great things, uh, the prophet's handbook to help you understand more about the prophet, not just prophecy or prophesying, right, to understand the prophet. So we invite you to get that trio. And then if you want to assess prophecies, not make the mistakes we said today, right, step into those pitfalls, then we have assessing your prophetic self, which teaches you how to think like an assessor, not just someone who is looking for an anointing, mm-hmm. but wanting to make an assessment, on what is happening. So we don't want you to go by your feelings or just your sentiments, right? We want you to have some real credentials, some real metrics and measurements for you to make good prophetic assessments, okay? So we invite you to do that today. Purchase that trio. It's right up there. You can go to ppmglobalresources.com as well. You can also slide by drpaulaaprice.com. Go ahead and click products, and it'll be right there. It'll take you right to a bundle of things that Dr. Price sells that'll be a great resource for your ministerial development and maturation, right? So we're excited for you guys to do that. And speaking of assessments, if you want to know where you are in ministry, am I a prophet? Am I a apostle? Am I? Who am I? I feel like I'm manifesting like this. Someone prophesied this to me. Someone said that to me over in the corner. Then we invite you to go ahead and take one of our assessments as well. 
I always recommend taking the minister's assessment because it assesses you in all five-fold areas to see how you're manifesting, what you're demonstrating, what is coming up in you. And what I like about it is that it's objective. Okay, you don't have to wonder if so-and-so just said that because I've been going to the church long or they just said that because I'm threatening to leave the church, you know, any of that kind of stuff. You literally can go on privately yourself, objectively answer about 196 questions and find out where you are personally. And, yes, they always say, can the machine be prophetic? I don't know. Was the word of God prophetic? It was written before time, and it's still prophesying to us. But the real, okay, is it true? It's still prophesying to us. So, yes, it's not about that. It's about knowing the criteria. What the machine is doing is mapping out what is the standard criteria for how the prophets, the former prophets that we talked about, you know, the former prophets, how they behaved and acted before us, and seeing how compatible you are. So if you want to find out where you are in the fivefold, and then like she said, have mentorship, have someone walk you through that, guide you through that experience, then definitely check out our assessments, okay? You can go to drpaulaaprice.com. Click assessments. It'll take you right there. That's Dr. Paula A. Price. Click those assessments, and you will have the information right there in front of you. My recommendation is the minister's assessment questionnaire. Unless you are already in the prophetic, working with the prophetic company, have prophetic mentees, okay? If you have any of those things, then we definitely recommend the prophetic aptitude questionnaire, Okay, and you can find both of those by visiting uh, drpaulaaprice.com and clicking on that assessment. Yes, I think we did it, ladies. Did we do it? Woo! All right. So our final note: blow the money, blow Dr. Price some more kisses. Let her know that you missed her. Send up hearts. Send up thumbs. Send her kisses in the comments and tell her that you look forward to meeting her at 8 p.m. here next week online. And then send money, too, okay? Don't just send blows and kisses. Blow some dollars. Blow some dollars her way. Come on, that's Dr. Paula, okay? Is it all right? That's Dr. Paula A. Price. Her cash app is up. Her giving information. Blow dollars her way. Okay, let her know that this word is feeding you. You should always sow into what's changing you, not just what's popular and what's known, okay? Because good ground is ground that is actually changing you, changing your thoughts, changing your mind, changing how you're engaging with God, changing your confidence level, your education and knowledge level, so into that because it's changing you. And whatever you sow into, you can respect a harvest on. That means you can get a double portion of wisdom, yeah. a double portion, right, isn't it true, of knowledge because you're sowing into something that you want to see replicated in your own life. So blow some dollars her way. Yes, and we do. Shout out to Dr. Price all the way there in D.C. We miss you. We love you here at the Congregation of the Mighty inside the Paula Price universe. Can't wait for you guys to return. Wishing for you guys safe travels, praying for your safe travels as you guys make your way back into the Tulsa area. Until then, remember, 8 p.m., 8 p.m., 8 p.m., Yes, your time. That's right. Central Standard Time is when you'll catch Dr. Price next live right here. We have a lot of other goodies coming for you that she's planning in the works, okay, to reach out more and to be able to engage you all in your continual nurturing and development. So until next time, we want you guys to... 
okay, and share, 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 share this broadcast, share uh, Dr. Price's page, share the YouTube, have people subscribe, but share, 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 share. All right, God bless you all. Thank you again for tuning in for this edition of the Jesus and Paula Show. We'll see you next week at 8 p.m. God bless you guys.